Hello, everyone, and welcome to Spilling Eve, the Killing Eve podcast. Wow, we're back. Season two, episode two, it's all happening. Uh, a bunch of exciting things have happened since one week ago, our first episode of the season, including the season three renewal already. We will get all, all into that. We will get all into that in a moment. Uh, right after I introduce today's guest. Today's guest is a brilliant producer, director, friend, uh, powerful titan <laughs> of industry. Uh, please welcome the wonderful Laura Campbell. Hello. Hello, Laura. I had a lot of other descriptors on this page and I stopped because I didn't want to embarrass you. Laura, how are you? I'm really good. I mean, mission accomplished, I think. Um, Christy has to say that because we work together so much, so... You know, we support each other in that space. Uh, I'm really good. I'm really excited about this episode. I love this show. Thank you for turning me on to it last year. Absolutely. Every guest this season, I'm just going to bring people I have forced to watch Killing Eve onto the show. Yeah. No, it's been... I binged season one um, a while ago, and so I was really pumped that it was back. And then I saw that our darling friend Amanda Carter had been on it um, last week. And so I wanted to hang out with Manders and you. But uh, without Amanda being here. Yeah, her spirit is always here, I right. think. Uh, deep, deep down. So this show has already been renewed for a third season. Mm -hmm. That was announced right after the first episode dropped, which is very exciting. And it's also going to be a new showrunner again. So that means each season will have been a different female showrunner. Uh, the new, new showrunner is going to be Suzanne Heathcote. Mm -hmm. I assume you pronounce that better with a cool British accent, but she's a writer and actor also, much like the previous two. Um, and she worked on Fear the Walking Dead. That's like her Ooh. big credit. So it'll be very interesting to see what that new energy brings. I wonder why they do that. I think that's really interesting to bring on new showrunners. I think for each um, season really shifts things, you know, like it shifts kind of uh, not intention, but action. Well, yeah, and and sensibility to a degree. It doesn't matter how much you're all on the same page. You're it's you're bringing your sort of self to the show now. So yeah, season three, very exciting. Uh, what else has happened? We launched our Facebook discussion group yesterday, which is very exciting. So if you are a fan and you aren't getting enough Killing Eve across all of your other social medias and your Reddit groups. Oop, that's probably not how you say that. Uh, join our Facebook group. We'll put the link in the description of this episode. Uh, we have some awesome moderators who are fans of the show and podcast, and it's just going to be a great time. Let's get into this episode, though. Yes. Season two, episode two, Nice and Neat is the name of this episode. This episode, according to IMDb, was also written by Emerald Fennell, who is the showrunner. She wrote the last episode as well, and also directed by Damon Thomas, who is a longtime director of the show. So the first episode I felt was a little slow mm -hmm. um, of this season. I don't know how you felt about it. Yeah, I wanted more. You know, I wanted more action. I wanted to know a bit more. I, I feel... Um... Eve's relationship with her partner is like, you know, we're, we're getting into it. We're getting into it more this this episode, but it's also more of the same. Totally. Right? Totally. Like, what's new? What's happening there? What's... I can only watch them play cat and mousey for so long, and I can only watch him be dissatisfied in his relationship for so long. Yeah, absolutely. With her not changing any actions. Yeah, and um, 
it, it, because it picked up, I think, right off of the finale, it just didn't feel like much had happened. Uh, but this episode, I did not feel that way about. I felt like it really started to pick up pace uh, and we got some real weird shit happening. Such weird shit. And uh, also just like, what, where are they taking us? You know, like that's the exciting thing for me is just like, new killer? Yeah. Oh, I mean, literally they presented us with so many new weirdos in this episode. I don't even know where to begin, but let's try to start at the beginning. Uh, Villanelle getting out of the trunk of that car uh, that she had snuck into and creepily sneaking in her little boy's pajamas and the little girl from the family sees her Mm -hmm. and she just does a real creepy like finger to the lips and I think that girl that child actor follows us on Instagram follows the Spilling Eve account stop I'm like 80 to 90 percent sure I will verify that if it's true we'll give her a shout out on the next episode she was adorable and she nailed it she's great uh that's Probably about as much as I'd assume she'll be in the show, but really great work. Yeah. The envy of everyone who loves the show. <laughs> Gotta start somewhere, and that's not a bad place to start. Not at all. Yep. Uh, so then we we flip over uh, from her getting out of that trunk, and we see that she's in England. So mm-hmm. she is, like, very close to Eve. Um, Eve is in bed uh, Googling, trying to find out information about the stabbing. She can't find anything. Um And then we're back with Villanelle in a laundromat. And they do some of those kind of like quicker cuts in between the two, which I really appreciate. Villanelle's in a laundromat and her pills have all been stolen out of that weird satchel she took from the hospital. And the person running the laundromat is like super mean and doesn't care. And it's you. We just see like Villanelle is down. She has literally been stabbed and she is like not in a position of power right now. It was also implied that maybe the person who owned the laundromat is the person who stole them. Totally. And I was just, you know, Villanelle is like tired at that point in time, but because she still has the antibiotics, I think she actually probably was the most well she was in the entire episode physically. So I was a little surprised she didn't do more. Yeah. Yeah. Other than like tipping over a box of soap sets. You <laughs> know what I mean? It was such a petty move for her to be like, I just have to do something to make your life hard. Uh, yeah. I guess I'll pour over this. Which is nice because like there is that childlike element to her that like we see come out in so many different ways. Like when I think of Bella Nuva, I always think of ballerinas. Mm. Right? It is that like childlike space that you're kept in that she has been kept in. And so I liked like you know, wearing those pajamas. Yeah. In like previous scenes and then tipping over things. Very like, that. like bratty. It yeah. Feels like. Yeah. Uh, so then we're back with Eve and Nico and Eve uh, is, is looking up the stuff about Villanelle and Nico kind of catches her and she pretends to be shopping. And then they have a very weird, very obviously like couples therapy moment where she's kind of like saying she doesn't like it. And he's jokingly using like those therapy terms and it's very interesting to see sort of where they're at right now. Like like you mentioned before, like things have not really changed. They've not really evolved, but they're both sort of acknowledging like, okay, we know things aren't good and we're trying to do something. Of course, Eve has secretly stabbed slash almost kissed her like psychopath uh, bestie. So it's not like they're actually in a good place or working towards repair, but that for all intents and purposes, that's what it looks like. Yeah, I guess I thought what was really interesting is like, I feel like I've been waiting to watch them have a bit more of an honest conversation. And I feel like I didn't. I feel like we cut in to them obviously in the middle or like towards the end of having 
Like she's disclosing some facts about the cases. She's like telling him some stuff, but we're coming in right at the end. And that's when he says like, you know, communication, this is how it works and like all that. But I, I wanted to see that though, because what has she told him? What hasn't she told him? Like she's obviously telling him half truths. Yes. Yeah. I wanted like, I felt like that was an important moment to kind of like, he's starting to trust her again, obviously. And that's been a big issue. So I felt like we yada yada over that a bit, which I was like, okay. And then we're with Villanelle in the grocery store. And that's what really, I feel like, kicks off this episode. That's where we start to pick up steam. Uh, she notices how, like, terrible she looks. And she's using the sample makeup, which I'm sure is killing her inside. Much like those Crocs from the last episode. Mm-hmm. She uh, goes up to a woman trying to really lay it on thick. And the woman thinks she's, like, panhandling. Uh, so then she right away switches to men, which is a real tactic for her. And she sort of smiles at a guy and he goes away. And then finally she like finds a mark that she's like, okay, this guy seems soft and weak. And she tells him some story about uh, an abusive stepfather and please, please, please. And it ends up with her uh, in in his car basically going to like go home with him. Mm-hmm. And he seems timid and a little weird off the top. Uh which is interesting. It seemed like an interesting choice. I guess she's just in so much pain and she doesn't have her medication and she has a stab wound. She just needs to get somewhere. Yeah, I thought it was a, I thought it was all interesting choice. Like I loved the tactic. I liked the I liked working with what she's got. You know what I mean? Like I have to get away from this stranger that like could be anybody. Like, will you help me? And as you go on in the synopsis, I have more comments. Oh, yeah. We will get real deep into that. Meanwhile, Eve is meeting the new team who are, uh, who Carolyn has assembled. We have Hugo and Jess are the two main new characters. She's there as like a quote unquote uh, consultant or like expert consultant about female uh, assassins. And, uh, Meanwhile, Villanelle is entering Julian's home. We find out his name is Julian. And it is a terrifying, doll-filled nightmare house. Yeah. Like a horror movie. It is truly. When when he opens the door and they walk in, the first thought in my head was like, you got to get out of there. This is bad, 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 bad. In any other story, that would be the story. Like, it would just be about this creepy murder doll. It was very like Drusilla Buffy. Like, you know, she would like always turn her dolls around when they were bad. And I was just like, this has never Yeah, he talks to one of the dolls right off the bat. Oh, Annabelle. There's company Annabelle. No, no, I don't, I don't care for that at all. Yeah, no, it was, it was definitely terrifying. Uh, and she clocks it, but again, I think she's just in so much pain and he's such small potatoes to her that Villanelle's like, well, whatever, I'll deal with this weirdo later. Uh, And then Eve and Kenny are having a beautiful reunion because he's also there. I guess his mom always gives him gigs. It's pretty Mm -hmm, nice. mm -hmm. Nepotism ah, in every field. Uh, But he and and Eve are are reuniting and talking. And then this new like douchey guy, Hugo, walks in and fills his water up at the water cooler. And it is such a priceless like pitch perfect moment of comedy where it's so it's such high tension and Eve really needs to tell Kenny what's been happening and it's really intense and instead there's just this like absurdly long time where it's just water pouring and them awkwardly staring not saying anything not trying to fill the space they're not trained spies if they were they'd be able to like fake it a little better Mm -hmm. but instead they're just like stone cold and he asks the new guy Hugo asks if they're having an affair which 
Eve, like without a second of hesitation, is like, yes, that's it. That's the that's one. what we're doing. We're having an affair. It also like sound design wise, um, just the sound of the water into the glass just sounds like a man peeing. Yeah, it's it's so... literally like and that's like the a bunch body of... language too. He has just standing there, right? And so it's like there's a bunch of of uh, like touches on that theme throughout the episode and like this is the first maybe it's the second actually in the episode like real hit on that that we get that we can see like the writers the directors are just kind of like here's a young buck yeah getting in the way yes at most points in time so funny and so strong he finally leaves and then eve basically discloses everything that's happened for the most part to kenny and he freaks out of course and is like no we shouldn't tell my mom and it's so nice to see finally eve has like someone she has some solidarity because she's been so isolated in this whole experience uh and i thought kenny took it pretty well like he's freaked out but like he's not doing anything about it he's not telling on her he's not like he's on solidly on her team over even his own mother's team yeah i mean i will question that towards the end of the episode um but i think it was probably nice for her to have some some solidarity you know and a confidant yes it's a confidant for her and because she just doesn't have one i mean i definitely question her, like, I get why she's telling him, but I'm also like, yeah, you still you still trust in him? Oh. As more time goes on? The people Eve does and does not trust it makes no sense to me at yeah. all. But let's go back to Villanelle, who uh, uh, is, uh, she finds the, wait, nope, I'm getting ahead of myself. Right, because Eve then does her PowerPoint. And she has a very awkward presentation where it's very helpful. She kind of recaps Villanelle and the assassins they think that she was involved with. And she's very bad at giving the PowerPoint. Uh, and then she's still keeping tabs on on the Paris stabbing. She's trying to find information out. And she finally gets a lead because of the, the kid that Villanelle killed in the last episode. Mm-hmm. That finally sort of sends some red flags up. And she finds photos from the crime scene. She gets them sent to her. And she sees an apple in his hand. And then she's like, oh shit, this is like an Eve and the apple thing. She looks up a painting message received which i don't remember from the last episode i don't remember us seeing an apple being put in the hand that's what i felt as well like obviously it was an after fact i also feel like the eve thing you know Mm -hmm. like there was a big what was that desperate housewives you know had all like the apples and stuff in it and i I just like that's so funny i haven't thought about that imagery in so long but but it is right it's like i mean that was their opening credits Yeah. yeah which i feel like this makes more sense to be doing that than that show ever. I mean, frankly. sure, yes. But like, now, now we're going into that branding, you know? Like, now we're going into that space. Because that wasn't a season one thing she did. No, I don't think so. Right? I mean, if it is, you let us fans know. will let us know, certainly. Uh, but yeah, I thought I thought that was a really interesting touch. But it makes a lot of sense that it would just be an easy way she could send a secret signal to Eve that no one else would clock. And even if they saw an apple, they're not going to be like, well, I bet it's about this secret, secret agent no one's ever heard of named Eve that has kind of a thing with her. Uh, So Villanelle is in the house. She keeps hearing these sounds 
when she's there. He won't, Julian won't give her any of the medicine. She keeps asking him even for like ibuprofen and stuff and he won't get it. And she's starting to get a little creeped out. So in the middle of the night, she goes upstairs and she finds this room that's locked from the outside and she enters it and looks around and it's a real moment of like, false relief no one's there she's like no this is great and then of course instantly turns around and there's an old woman like screaming in her face and they have a nice little shout off she picks up something to knock the woman out which i thought was like just a classic villanelle instinct do you think this old woman is a threat to you she's obviously not well she picked up the cat on the way out of her room because she wasn't sure what it was interesting it's a cat statue i clocked it cat statue. deep cat lover of course deep you cat did lover. Shout out to Gummy, Laura's Shout awesome cat. Gummy. Uh, so his he Julian runs up and he says, "Oh no no no, it's fine. It's my mother. Okay, she has dementia. Does she? Oh, at this point, Julian is getting creepier by the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she she seems to take it, and she almost she almost loses her cover for a second when she's screaming. Her accent sort of slips just for a second, and then she's like, "Right, I'm British. Back to British." Yeah. Which is, as an actor, like, that Jodie Comer is such a phenomenal talent. And I know we say that, like, every episode on this show. She's amazing. She makes it look so easy. Yeah. Which is infuriating. Because that's not easy. So, do-do-do. Where are we? She discovers the mother. He says, dementia. Oh, right. Dementia. So... Uh, they're looking at back back at Spy HQ. They're looking at photos from the crime scene that they think Villanelle might have been involved with, and Eve is just sort of putting together that this is not a flashy kill in any way. This is a kill that was made to look like a heart attack. It has no like sub style, no flash to it, and she just basically is like oh, this wasn't Villanelle. Like, this kill was, this is not her. And she even says something to Hugo where she's like, she wants people to see. She wants me to notice. Mm -hmm. And he totally catches it. And she's like, I don't know. I'm me, people, whatever. Me, the people. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's it's fine. I'm American. Uh, She has a few really good American moments in this episode. Also later on when she's meeting these rich kids and she says, oh, that's awesome. It sounds so american and so not classy oh that's funny i just thought she was trying to be like young and hip oh yeah. that's funny Which, like same same yeah right? it's true like, yeah that's funny uh like like cowabunga you know what i mean like she's just like yeah, yeah sure so totally tubular mm-hmm. right 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 so julian just keeps creeping and creeping we're back there we see a few more instances of her begging him to go to the pharmacy she asks him for to get pads he makes the creepiest thing about like oh i guess i'll have to say they're from my girlfriend and it is so bone chilling that this actor is so good the i way- wrote a note that says like girlfriend quotation marks to like make oh, sure we talked about that moment it- because it's that's when you realize he's a, like a real threat. Yes. That's when you realize like, oh, you are a predator. You're not the prey. Yeah, Honestly, yeah, yeah, like yeah, that yeah, was yeah. The that switched it for me. Totally. And there's sort of something in it where you see, and like there have been all these warning signs, but people can be creepy or weird or sort of unusual and not be predators. And this moment it feels, and then he, later on, he like kisses her on the forehead which again is like the creepiest thing in the world while he thinks she's asleep if you are not like oh 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 i'm i'm like writhing i hate it so much uh no but very effective there's there's no one i want to kiss me on my forehead ever (laughs) 
Absolutely. Uh, the mom just shows up out of nowhere, is like sitting next to Villanelle at one point. I know. Which I found a little weird, but thought like maybe they're trying to show that she's been sort of like in and out of sleep and consciousness. Uh, mm. And she asks her about someone named Deb. She says, how's Deb? And uh, Villanelle makes a fat phobic joke, as she of course does. But it's funny because I've seen a lot of people talking about how Deb is probably another girl that julian abducted at some point uh which is terrifying um and then she says something really cryptic the mother too about like julian being a good boy and like you'll be good with him right and that's i think that's when villanelle clocks that she's the prey and not the predator oh no the mother straight up looks at her and says watch out for julian it's so it's it's like it's bone mother's like get out if you were an normal not psychopath assassin and that happened to you you would run out the door even she though after that happens tries to run out the door yeah she i feel like that's when she really gets it it's like oh this person is dangerous he is a threat to me because i don't think villanelle views almost anyone as a threat if she wasn't injured she wouldn't yes this is the thing it's true she wasn't injured she'd be like oh joke's on him totally right but, but she's like, she's down for the count and she's now on his turf there are no as we find out there are no knives in the house there's nothing and all of her usual go-tos yeah. she's sort of handicapped for and she's got a fever and has had a fever at this point in time for many days which means she has a wicked infection yeah like she's and her hurt. stab wound is obviously not healing yeah. she hasn't done anything to heal it uh Oh, the, the windows are locked too. That's another thing. She realizes all the windows in the house are locked, which, terrifying. No windows in any house should be allowed which to be locked. Which is why when she says, can we crack a window? It's so warm. Yeah, he's he like, said, he, oh no, don't worry. You have a fever. He laughs it away as like, oh, silly you. Not like I glued every window in this murder dollhouse shut. Yeah. So scary. Uh, Eve and Carolyn go interview Alistair Peel's kids, which that's when she says the thing about like, it's awesome that he bought his like childhood dream home. Um, and it also comes across as very callous considering their, their father just died. Did you think that it was going to be the kids who were the murderers from the setup of that situation? I would always assume that like spoiled rich billionaire kids are probably a little murdery anyway, but I did feel like the way that they... I mean, they, there are still a lot of unanswered questions, so maybe they will come up in a more dramatic way. Like, maybe they are involved. Mm-hmm. Because I agree, they set it up like, we shouldn't trust these people. Yeah. They're lying to us. Yeah. And then it just sort of felt like it dropped out. Yeah, it was like her, you know, her delivery of the denial felt rehearsed. He just stayed quiet. You know, there just wasn't a lot of outrage and there wasn't a lot of... There was like a little bit of confusion, but I was just kind of like... I feel like I was watching CSI for a minute where you're like, found you. Yeah. You're like, ah, the first twist in the SVU episode. It is you. And then there's a second twist and it's, you know, the gardener. Uh, But yeah, I thought that that whole exchange was very interesting and interesting that they were obviously keeping something Mm -hmm. a secret, Mm -hmm. but Eve still totally believed that it wasn't Villanelle and they didn't know Villanelle because she shows her picture. So I thought that was interesting, too, that you could not trust someone, but still trust your own instincts about one part of what they may or may not have been lying about. Absolutely. So Villanelle, uh, oh, she dresses her wounds. She's finally got her pad. So she's she pours like an antiseptic on it and then, oh, 
could I could just feel it in my body when she jams it on her stomach, which again, real testament to those acting abilities, mm-hmm. Jodie Comer. And uh, even Jess back at the office are talking about how this wasn't this wasn't Villanelle who did the kill. It's this new female assassin and they're sort of building a profile on her. And I love the way they did that in the episode. I don't know if that's going to be an actual murder we'll see later in the show or if it is just more of a hypothetical that they were painting. But they were talking about how this murderer is this assassin is someone who like no one would ever see and hides in plain sight yada 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 and then we see a scene of a cleaning lady like very obviously assassinating a man in a fancy schmancy office Mm -hmm. and it's so well shot and we don't see her face and yeah i thought it was perfectly done yeah i really liked it and i like where the team eventually goes and saying how villanova will feel about it totally Totally. And Eve is almost like happy because she knows this is going to get a rile out of her. Mm-hmm. They they start referring to this woman as the ghost um, and talk about her being a woman of color because it's someone that people just aren't going to give the time of day to. And mid explaining this, Hugo's like, why do you why do you think she's not white? And Eve's snap back to this is like, because you just interrupted me in the middle of this fucking sentence. Like, obviously, it's a woman of color, mm-hmm. which was so well done. Uh, and also just the idea of like, because you can't handle not talking. Like yeah. we would know you were there because you're a white dude who's talking totally. or a white woman or, you know what I mean? It's like, like the opinion's going to come out. And like, that's such, like, it's such a weighted, simple moment, which I feel like Eve has with him numerous times in the episode. Absolutely. And definitely like lays the groundwork for more conflict as the season progresses. Mm-hmm. Uh, she... All right, Villanelle. So we're back. Uh, Julian's out of the house and she runs over to uh, the phone and starts making calls because she has now realized like, oh, I'm I'm a bit fucked here. And right away she picks up the phone and says, dials a number and says, it's Cher Horowitz. I failed my driving test, which so funny. Such a nice touch, especially amidst this very scary, intense, high tension. It doesn't really like break the tension. We're not cracking up and like, oh, everything's fine. But it's just so, it's such like beautiful irony that this dumb code is what she has to say when she is truly in like such danger. Was that established in previous episodes? No, I don't think so. I looked at Christy and was just like, wait, what? And Christy was like, oh, it's Cher from Clueless. Da 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 da. Like, how did you know? I I loved Clueless, but like, I didn't, I couldn't remember that character's last name if you paid me. You just we had need it. to rewatch Clueless. I think that's what that's this what is we're telling learning me. right now. Yeah. yeah. We need to have a Clueless night. Like, as soon as you said it, I was like, oh, yeah. And I could picture it in the freeway the entire time I was in LA on a freeway. All I could think about was that scene. And like, it was super funny. But I think that uh, brings up the question when is Paul Rudd going to guest star on Killing Eve? You know I, what? I like what you did there. Uh, I, I'm going to say I love Paul Rudd, but you know what? Like, let me wait to see how problematic he is on the internet. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Because that's what you... You're going to need to do a real deep Right? Google you got to do... You don't even have to. You have to just go do my faves are problematic and it'll tell you everything. And you put in a name and it tells you. It's genius. Hot tip. Hot tip. Hot tip, guys. You want to know if you're supporting not awesome people? Get on over there. Yeah, look it up. There are enough great people that you can support. You don't have to support monsters uh so she she keeps calling she tries to call 
uh, Eve. She leaves all these voicemails. She's screaming. And then Julian comes back suddenly, unexpectedly. And she, it, of course, it's like a weird old timey rotary hang up phone on a cord. It's not even a cordless phone. And she drops it and runs back to the couch. But the phone is just like swinging. And he comes in and clocks it and gets mad. And we see a flash of his true colors mm-hmm. and what will probably come out, I would assume, in the next couple of days. And I think that's also when Villanelle realizes, like, oh, I I need to end this. This is escalating. Yeah. And she says sort of a lie about ordering a cake from a bakery. And her, like, when she does her sweet British character, it is so funny to me. When she says the words, my knight in shining armor, I was just like, you're so good. Also, how good is she to know exactly what to say to calm him down? Because oh. he's pretty much about to attack her. Yeah. Moment, well, right? and just, like, at the beginning in the car when she's like oh you have a, a handkerchief what a gentleman yeah oh, like all of that bullshit she is so good at her level of manipulation is just unbelievable and she she kind of gets him close and then she kicks him and out comes her real Oksana accent and it's mm. so good and then they have such an intense fight sequence which is so cool because usually we don't get to see that in this show because she is such a skilled assassin but because she is hurt and she is not working at full capacity she's able to we're able to see like way more of a struggle than we usually would yeah and like the survivalism and like back and forth of the power dynamic in that space right i mean with him i was also like okay how how prepared are you for like how many like does this he felt more trained, but it's also like, what does that mean? Totally. Kind of, right? Who is this guy? How which, many times have you tried to like physically force people? Like, what is the situation here? Which we'll probably never get to see again because that is not the story of the show. But oh. I am like, I will watch a spinoff show about the detectives like looking into his I past just murders. Some extra content episode. Oh. Just putting it out there. Give me some broad church crossover. Give Holy, me Olivia oh Coleman. God, don't even joke about it. It's too much. <sighs> too much. One day, one day, when we have all the power. When, we, when we're show running season five. And people are like, me. this is a terrible idea. Don't, Don't do, do this. It. These like, are separate shows that have nothing in common. I'm like, no, Don't that's what the they? fans want. And by the fans, I mean only me. You know, if we're not making it for ourselves, who are we making that's it for? That's a great point, Laura. You know? Excellent, excellent point. <laughs> so Villanelle kills Julian. She stabs him with a knitting needle. Mm-hmm. And he slowly bleeds out. Knitting needle? Some kind of... I'm going to say long nail. Oh. Way too thick for a knitting needle. I thought you were going to correct me about like a specific kind of crochet needle or something. Because you could. And would. But no, it was too long. Too long, too thick. And like maybe, I don't know, world, you tell me. I thought it seemed like a long nail, which was weird to me. (laughs) Because like who's knitting? The old grandma, I thought. Just because she's a grandma doesn't mean she's knitting. Also, if you didn't want anything sharp in the house. These were all the things I was confused I know. about. It happened very fast. Yeah. I was very caught up in it. Uh, yeah. Please let us know, listeners. Yeah. And meanwhile, meanwhile, I feel like I said meanwhile a hundred times this episode. It's so funny. Up next. I need other. As we go along. Uh, the other side yeah, of yeah, London. Yeah. Moving uh, right along. Eve and Carolyn are leaving the spy HQ because 
they actually did get that message, which I also thought was so funny. I love the idea of there just being a leave a message. This is MI6. And it actually does get cycled up to the right people. But I don't think it was a message. It was like ringing when he picked it up. He could hear it ringing. It's just the operator recording because she had said that I'm blowing up parliament. So obviously they recorded. No, it. no. It it put her through to like an MI6 like message. Oh, like, I didn't leave realize a, it had recorded yeah, it. Yeah, like leave oh, a tip because it just played the Eve Palastri, you piece of shit, and her freaking yeah, yeah, out yeah. and getting oh, angry. Oh, I thought they just got it from the call. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Either way. I mean, uh, is it likely that that message would have got along? Who cares? It's we very helpful it. to the story. Yeah, exactly. So they start heading off and we find out later that they, they don't have a specific number. They just have the area code mm-hmm. because it was through an operator mm-hmm. and not direct. So they Which seems inefficient. Quite very. Also, someone's calling in a bomb threat on Parliament. That seems inefficient. The, the real question: Are operators still a thing mm-hmm. in Canada? Even yeah, of course. If I dial zero on my cell phone, will it call an operator? Not only will it call an operator. Do you know you can call them and ask them what the weather is, and they always know. I mean, I don't know why I know that. I feel like I'm going to get will. to a dark time in my life, and this knowledge is going to be really helpful. And maybe an operator. You're could only be gonna a have friend. a rotary phone. You gotta know the temperature. You don't have a computer. Can you imagine calling someone and wasting their time asking things you could Google in less time? Yes, they're called white cis straight men, and at least a lot of like Zing. what? Yes, I can, Christy. What it's am I? It's called the internet. It's called the internet. <laughs> so Villanelle has killed him. She leaves. She is, like, stumbling out. The old lady also stumbles out, which also leads you to think, like, oh, was that old lady his mother? Because probably not. I felt like she... I I never questioned that. I felt it was very, um, psycho. Yes. Right? Like, mother dearest. Yeah. Very scary. Either way, hopefully her life's gonna be a little better now instead of being locked in a room. I feel like she was gonna... Anyway, I thought she was in for a... Car accident faith. It's true. I'm glad they kind of just let her, like, dawdle away. Again, that is something that Killing Eve would do that most other shows would not do. No, because they'd want to close it. They'd want to close the circuit, right? They'd want to be like, no, we don't bring anything up that we don't actually see the end of. And Killing Eve is the master of that. Killing Eve just won't go for the obvious choices. Yep. 99% of the time, which is what makes the show feel so exciting and new and fresh, even though it's a very played out genre. It's stories that we've all seen many times, but they do it in a brand new, exciting way. Yeah. I agree. So she gets a new handler. Basically, headlights blink and she goes over to this car and it's this very like dumpy looking straight white British guy who she also sort of assesses that way. Is like, ugh, this guy. And he's giving her a bit of a hard time. And she sasses him back as she is wont to do. And it does not go well. Mm -hmm. He chokes her within an inch of her life. Mm -hmm. And it's a really scary moment. And it's also like the extreme opposite to everything we've seen between her and Constantine. Yeah. Her and Constantine's relationship was very like nurturing and loving in its own kind of fucked up way and safe even in a Mm -hmm. way. And Mm -hmm. this does not feel safe. Yeah, and the in-between handler that existed in season one yeah, for about two seconds. Yeah, who she killed right away. Who she killed right away was like the the Wesley Wyndham Price of Buffy. You know what I mean? Like, he was like, I'm coming in with rules. And she was like, get the fuck away from me. Yeah. Whereas this guy came in with like, as he says, um, a choke chain. Mm-hmm. Choke collar. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's just like, that's 
That's for, I mean, I'm never worried about her. Oh, me neither. The only reason that happened is because she's not well. Like, totally. I was just like, it's cool. Very scary. And she, uh, very similar. It's mirroring Eve's coming back to MI6 in a really strong way. She says, like, wasn't I fired? And he says, things have changed and you're back and you called us and yada, yada. And it's such a, it's, it's like, oh, yeah, she's she doesn't have complete agency. We so often see her as this, like, really strong, empowered, like, psychopath on the run. Mm-hmm. But she's answering to the 12, who we don't even know what this organization is. We don't know who the people are. We don't know what they want. Yeah. And they're obviously incredibly powerful and dangerous. I don't think there's anywhere she could run to truly be, like, away from them. Absolutely. And, like, I could go for more information about them. Mm-hmm. Hopefully this Episode season... Two? Bring some more info, cause and 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 as, we know we're heading that way. Yes, because the last moments of the show are so good. We see uh, Eve and Carolyn are like sort of surveilling the neighborhood, and then they, right as they're walking up to Julian's house post murder, Villanelle and her new handler drive away, and, and Eve doesn't see her. Yeah, and but Villanelle does see Eve. Yeah. She may not even know if that's real or not because she's in such a messed up state and she's just oh, choked yeah. and she's it kind of the way they shot it I felt like sort of showed her like semi hallucinatory. Mm-hmm. But it is her and she walks right by her and then Villanelle drives away. Eve and Carolyn go into the house and they see uh old old dead Julian with a toilet brush shoved down his throat. Which we know wasn't Villanette. Like, that was the mother. Yeah, it had to have been. Because she walked right out. Yeah. Uh, And, I mean, I would have loved, like, a doll shoved down his throat. I feel like that would have been pretty good. But, can't win them all. I feel like the doll were the mothers, though. Hard to say. We'll never know. Again, I need that spinoff show. I need the background. And then, the cap of the episode... Carolyn's house they go in Eve sees Kenny they have a Eve tries to be like hey 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 because we're besties and you're the only one who knows my secrets and I trust you so much right now and instead he just storms away and she asks Carolyn what's up and Carolyn says something like well promise you won't get cross or something so British like that and we peek into the other room and it's Constantine and he's alive and he says hello Eve end of episode yeah which, yes, mm. color me intrigued. Mm. I am so happy and relieved that that character is not dead. I never let myself believe he was really dead. So this is very vindicating for me. But mm. I think you're right about like, this opens up. Has to be. Who is he? Who are the 12? What is happening? Tell us more about like the power players in this world. Yeah. And like, what's, you know, and like we were talking about, like, are they, are they setting up another serial killer? And like, are we following two now or, or is it like, mm-hmm. or was it, I, I mean, was it Nadia who killed the guy originally? I don't know if that timeline works out, but could she have been the one who killed Alistair Peel? Yeah. What's happening? Yeah. We want answers. And that was the episode. Great episode. Very scary in a, in a great way, in a very engaging, compelling way. I think having this new potential serial killer come up and then also having the really weird messed up Julian house episode which sort of felt like bottle episode mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's not Villanelle out just like murdering uh, super casually yeah 
I, I feel like it was a really good way to kind of bring us into this season. Yeah. Hype it up. Yeah, I felt it was good. I felt like we got to see lots of different dynamics at play because we needed to introduce some characters in this episode. So keeping her Villanelle in the same space yes. was good because we could introduce the characters around Eve right now because totally. they're obviously all going to become bigger, smaller, A player. The new gang? The Who new could gang. say? Well, that's the episode, so you know what time that brings us to? Segment time! Uh, let's start right away. Top line. What were your fave lines of the episode? There oh were some God. real good ones. There was such, like, hottie body. Oh. Do you, do you want a hottie body? It's like, what? Okay, if any UK listeners are listening right now, which they might not be because the, the show isn't airing there yet, which is terrible uh please let us know if that is in any way a common expression i'm sure it's a common expression for a child it's like asking a baby if they want their nummy or their num num or their little bottle yeah like that's so creepy she's like i need drugs he's like hot water bottle oh so condescending and like a standard like if you were on your period you know what i mean it's like i need hard drugs and people are like hot water bottle you're like no yeah it's a real problem (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> women's pain is real pain let's yeah. make that clear yeah absolutely um and then the beautiful line between eve and her husband in like the last scene we see them in together um she says like be careful and he's like why and she's just like well if you see anything weird and he just says like what a touching what what a touchingly reassuring goodbye yes i also had that one down I have never liked Nico more than in this episode. I am not a fan. Everyone what? knows. But there was just something about his deliveries in this mm-hmm. episode. And maybe it's because he is a little more glib and he's a little less like fawning over her now that he's kind of upset with Eve. That's so funny. But there was you just, feel like he fawns over her. Uh, there was just something in this episode with that line. And there were a couple other ones that I thought were really uh, funny. Oh, yeah. I think he's just tired of it. He's just tired of shit. So he's, he's just like, wait, it. what? Like, cool. Be safe. Thanks. Thanks, hon. Cool. Really, yeah. really great. Uh, I also really liked when Villanelle finds the mother locked up and then she has to kind of cover mm-hmm. right away and she's why she was about to knock this old woman out. And she's like, oh, good. Oh, I thought she was a ghost. I hate ghosts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is, I mean, that's just a great line of dialogue, period. I hate ghosts. Really bold stance to take. You know, not everybody front. does. Not everybody does. Uh, so let's move on to top ship. Who? Laura Campbell. Do you know what it means to sh- for to ship two people? Do you know this story? No. I, I ask I ask all of my guests this because sometimes they know better than me. Sometimes they've never heard of it. It's not a short story, and it involves a date. Do you want the story? I mean, yes. Is there a cliff? Yeah, yeah, version? yeah. It's it's like I'm on a second date with someone, and. Uh, I'm talking to my best friend, Avery Jean Brand, and I did end up shouting her out. Oh, my gosh. Hey, Avery. And I'm, I'm texting, like, they go to the bathroom, and, and I'm texting Avery Jean, and, you know, she's like, how is it? And I'm just like, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, cool, I ship it. And I'm like, what does that mean? But my date comes back to the table. So I put down my phone, and I'm just like, oh, I was just talking to Avery Jean, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, oh, what was she saying? And I was like, oh, she said she ships us. I don't really, and she was just like, my date was like, oh, my God, she ships us. And I was like, oh, what have I done? <laughs> like, why are you so endeared, you know? And I was like, what do you mean? And later, 
when I would be ending this relationship after two days, mm-hmm. sure. in her three-page letter, she would write to me. No, Laura. Do you not know this story? I don't know. This sounds very... I'm like, oh my God, what if she listens? Too bad. You know. It's fine. Three-page letter she would have mailed to me, but didn't have my address. Guys, two dates. Two dates. Two dates. <sighs> couple of kisses. Like... Wow. Um, Says... Like, make, in making an appeal for us to continue to date is like Avery Jean even ships us. And ever since then, I haven't loved it because I felt betrayed <laughs> by my best friend because I didn't know what it meant. Well, it's a term the youths use a lot. So I'm very delighted to know that story. That's <laughs> cut it out. Cut so, it out. It's so, so priceless. Uh, wow. So for this episode, who do you ship? I don't know. You want me to go first? You go first. I mean, I think I also take a strong no shipping policy now. <laughs> That's no. also fine. You don't have to pick anyone. Uh, for this episode, it kind of caught me by surprise and it was brief, but it was, and it's not sexual, just to be very, very clear for this one. It was even Kenny. Just seeing yeah. them back together yeah. and seeing their like connection and their safety and that trust. It was such a like friendship surge in mm-hmm. my heart. You know, when you look at people and you're just like, yes, I, you're my person. It just felt like that. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. If I had to think of any of them, like I don't, I think Nico and Eve is, is problematic. I think that obviously, uh, Villanelle and Eve is problematic. I do ship them, but, um. Oh, they were my ship last week. I no, mean, no problem. Like, oh yeah. Last week Eve, like just lying in bed thinking, ah, mm-hmm. I mean, come on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think, I think we're early days. Also, our new our new character we didn't mention at all, um, the Buffy, the woman from Buffy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We mentioned her. what's Jess. her character Jess. name? Jess. Yeah. Right. Like, Briefly. I'm interested to see where that's going. Totally. And totally. I do, I do ship Constantine and oh, Constantine and Carolyn are hashtag couple goals forever. They are so messed up, <laughs> but also maybe run the twelve. I couples, don't know. Couples that murder together stay together. I love them so much. That's also another spinoff. I would watch their early years uh, in a heartbeat. Oh, uh, please. Or their late years. I'm really not picky. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That brings us to uh, top kill slash kill count. So I could be wrong, but I think the only actual Villanelle kill in the whole episode is Julian, which means by default, it's the top kill. But also, it was a pretty epic kill. Epic kill and like, nest, like I wanted him dead earlier, yep. quite frankly. Yep. Like, I just... I yeah, I wanted her to kill him in his sleep. I I I actually struggle with that in this episode. Why she didn't kill him right away? Earlier, yeah. Yeah. Why like he didn't get her in the house and then when he was going out to get her cake, yeah. I assumed she was finding things to kill him when he got back. Yeah. Because this is how you avoid situations like this. When you know will I mean? she learn? This is when will she learn and like um take his car and bring yourself to the friggin' um pharmacy. You know what I mean? Like, even at the end of the episode, when she gets in the like, she doesn't walk out with his car keys. She doesn't change her clothes. Well, that's funny because I thought when she went out and then the the headlights blink for a second, <laughs> I was like, oh, that's her. I was actually surprised when it wasn't his car. So 
Yeah, yeah that's interesting. Yeah. She was really off her game. You know, she'd been stabbed by her lot, girlfriend, yeah. quote unquote, according to her. Oh, poor buddy. That brings us to our next portion of the show, which is Eve mail. Friends, thank you so much for all the Eve mail you've been sending in lately. It is such a delight. Uh, I like to read as many as I can on the show, but even ones that aren't on the show, I'll never tire of reading and talking about this show. So please feel free to send them spillingeve at gmail.com, or you can DM us at any of our social media accounts accounts. Uh, today's Eve mail, the first one is from someone named Carrie. Carrie said, uh, hello, Christy. I recently discovered your podcast and I'm loving it. Then she goes on to talk about how great this show is. I will skip past that, but Carrie, thank you so much. She said, upon the rewatch, I've been noticing a ton of things I didn't catch the first time around, and it's made me appreciate the writing even more, which I can totally relate to, because I binge watched through the first season on my own, and then I went back through it episode by episode for the podcast with my guests, and it was wild how much certain things had stuck out to me, and I totally missed other like really intense or really clever elements of the writing. Phoebe Waller-Bridge is such a genius. Uh... Carrie goes on to say, one thing I did not pick up on the first time is Constantine's bracelet. But I noticed when rewatching episode four, uh, the one where Villanelle has that weird birthday party for him, she gives him a stuffed animal and tells him it's for his daughter and he panics. And that's a moment where we're like, oh, she knows he has a daughter. But she, uh, Carrie says that the camera cuts to his hand, which shows what looks like sort of a thin friendship bracelet. And the camera lingers on it just long enough that it felt like we were supposed to take note of it. Uh, and once I noticed it, I, I noticed that he's always wearing it. Maybe it's just a bracelet from his daughter or something, but maybe it has more significance. Thanks again for the show, Carrie. Carrie, what a cool catch. Oh, interesting. I always as, as affiliated with his kid for sure. Yeah. I was just like, oh, it's just like, and that was the giveaway for Lynette. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Totally. But, yeah. Which it's possible, but that's a really interesting note i also love going back and checking like zooming in on his wrist every scene and seeing if it's there so cool Mm. uh the 12 all wear like friendship bracelets and that's how they demarcate each other absolutely (laughs) uh (laughs) they go to a summer camp every year together they have too much fun uh mary wrote in and she said uh First off, love the podcast. You guys, you don't have to say that. But also, it makes me smile a lot. (laughs) Uh, Keep up the good work. Second, while the season two premiere felt a little rushed, Sandra O's performance was outstanding. I couldn't even focus on the other characters. Where is her Emmy? Anyways, to my real question, do you think we'll ever get a backstory on Eve? I and some other fans have noticed that we know almost nothing about Eve. She clearly isn't normal, and she shows signs of potentially being a psychopath herself, taking big risks, little or no remorse, very manipulative. Thank you again for your work and for reading my question. What an interesting question. If we'll learn more about Eve's backstory. It's so funny. I've never thought about it. Have you? I know. Because I think part of that is due to great writing in the show. Yeah. And part of it is due to Sandra Oh. She makes Eve feel like such a fleshed out full character that you don't think like, who are her parents? Why is she living in England? How long has she lived in England? Did she have a good upbringing? What is what what drew her to true crime and to uh, psychopaths and assassins? Like, yeah, there's a lot we don't really know. And I just you never have. And I mean, I think that's kind of traditional in terms of like, you don't know about the detectives, you know about the killers. But Eve is 
as she walks the line of like totally. the killer and the killing and you know what I mean? And like all of that kind of spaces. But yeah, that's a fascinating question. Well, especially because the show keeps changing showrunners. It's very interesting. Like if they start to reveal things about Eve's past in the third season, mm-hmm. that's a going to look very different than it would have if Phoebe Waller-Bridge had written it. Absolutely. Although she's still an EP, so maybe she has some say or control oh, over she's that. She's looking at scripts uh, for certain. I certainly hope so. I love you, Phoebe. Uh, but yeah, I would I would like a little more insight into Eve mm-hmm. and her background. I don't know. I don't know if we'll get that, but I think it would be really interesting. Yeah. Great work, Mary. Uh, uh, Kelly sent in some uh, thoughts about the first episode. She really loved the line uh, that Carolyn asked about Villanelle's flat because Eve said that she wasn't there. She lied to Carolyn and she said, how was her flat? And Eve said, she could shit. And that was such a good line that we totally missed. And uh, Kelly also asks, what if Nadia were the nail tech who killed Alistair Peel? Which, Kelly, I think that's, you're definitely the person that I got that idea from. I think that's a great thought. Again, don't know if the timeline adds up. I assume we are going to find out very soon. Yeah, I feel like I are on the side of no, but we'll see. TBD. We hope. TBD. Uh, Don in Wisconsin wrote a long message and I'm just going to read a little bit of it because it made me laugh. Don said, although I, I know the discussion of killing even gender can get really old because it is something that's talked about constantly with the show and wouldn't be with a, you know, almost any male led show. Absolutely. Uh, Don says, this episode really shined a light on an underrepresented group to which I belong. The seemingly ordinary and unremarkable paunchy middle-aged white guy. Uh, which, that's very funny, Don. I think you're highly represented, especially on television. Uh, he talks about Julian. He's joking, right? I, I certainly hope so. He's joking. Don, I read that with a real yeah. uh, sarcastic yeah. tone. Uh, paunchy, such a good word. And yeah, he talks about, about Julian and how he wasn't particularly masculine and lives in this house of dolls. And he's a very unusual antagonist for our anti-hero, totally. which is true. Villanelle is such an unusual uh, villain mm-hmm. and he is such an unusual foe for her. Yeah. Um, and he asks, would he have gone, turned violent and gone full misery on her if she hadn't threatened him? Like, would he have tried to keep making her sick or whatever, keep her bed bound? I mean, I think he probably would have, like, changed he her up He didn't stop because she threatened him. He stopped because she called him a knight in shining armor. <sighs> Great catch, Laura Campbell. She, like, he wasn't, like, coming for, like, he had already calmed down and was like, I'm so sorry, what must you think of me? And then she said something and, like, he's going to bleed a lot. Totally. Yeah. Uh, and then Raymond, who is her new handler, who is also a similar kind of type. Mm-hmm. And Villanelle had some measure of control over Constantine because of her ability to play on his emotions, is mm-hmm. what Don thinks. And it doesn't seem like she has that in any measure with Raymond. And then he also says the third guy they introduced in this episode, Hugo, is just a millennial D-bag. I can't wait till Villanelle gets a hold of him, which is very funny that you just assume that Villanelle's going to meet him. I feel like he's never gonna see Villanelle but who could say oh no I think she'll go in and like extract information from him 
Ooh, there's going to be like a torture scene of some kind. Oh, God, no. I think she'll be his partner and just like look at his phone over. I, no, he's an idiot. I don't think she'll have to torture him. He is pretty dumb. I think he's going to be like, you're beautiful. <laughs> and she's going to be like, I am. I am. I am. Cool. Yeah. Uh, so that brings us to the end of the show. Lori Campbell, our final segment-ish. I call it a segment-ish because it's only kind of a segment. Okay. It's, of course, plugs. Oh, plugs. You know, I know you're bad at this I because we work together a lot. <laughs> Christy is a social media manager and that is one of the many things we do together along with her massive acting writing life. Um, plugs. I was just nominated for a Canadian Comedy Award. Hey, 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 congratulations. Thank you for best um, web series for a series called Soul Decision Comedy. Voting will be opening on that um, in the next few days. And is it Canadians can vote? I think Great it, I think cues. that's it. I think if you're in Canada, you some can of vote you are those. in Canada vote. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's really great. Just go to the Canadian Comedy Awards and then scroll down. Also, vote for like all kinds of awesome people in other categories. Like look up their stuff. Um, other than that, you can follow me on Instagram. Um, it's like at lcams e l l e c a m s for all your witchy trans non-binary queer cat needs i mean that is a real niche, niche and i feel like it overlaps almost like a perfect circle it's my venn diagram yeah. and i'm in the middle i also like that it sounded like my cat was queer like queer cat i mean we don't, know. Thought, we don't know maybe questioning no he's probably pretty queer <laughs> Gummy. He only gets taken care of by trans people for some reason. So, <laughs> uh, Gummy's the best. He's a good cat. You'll see him on my Instagram. It's open. You can do. You have to follow me. Take a peek at my last puff wheat video with that cat. Follow Laura. You can follow. You Laura. can follow me. Uh, follow the show if you're not already following us on Twitter and Instagram. We're at Spilling Eve. We're having a lot of fun. Join our new Facebook discussion group. I'm really excited about that. We have two awesome moderators who are going to keep things really cool and not put up with any shenanigans. Uh, That's a very nice way of me saying any problematic behavior Mm -hmm. that we will Mm -hmm. not tolerate. Uh, Send in your email to spillingeve at gmail.com. And you can follow me on Twitter at Christy LaPointe. Thank you so much for listening. This episode got me really excited for the rest of the season. Great. I feel like the first episode back, there was just so much pressure on it and everything was so heightened. And now I feel like we're back in the run of it. Getting in there. We're just going to have fun. Yeah. Just going to see what these two crazy kids get up to. Oh my God. When will they meet again? Just hopefully lots of great sex scenes. What a way to go out on. And remember, do not kill anyone. True. Bye-bye. This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network.